Welcome to Women of Grace in the Marketplace on TalkEerie.com. Here's Janelle Keith and Lori Clapper. It's Women of Grace in the Marketplace. I'm Janelle Keith alongside my co-host, Lori Clapper. Now, I'm in Oklahoma. She's in Pennsylvania. And our guest today is also a fellow Oklahoman. Her name is Lauren Nahara, and she is a counselor, a professional. She's all pro. And (laughs) we used to... um, know each other from my previous experience on the radio station. She was uh, in grade school. I'm just going to go ahead and admit my age in grade school when I was on her radio station. So that tells us. (laughs) (laughs) She grew up with you, Janelle. That's right. Right. She grew up with having uh, my voice and ringing in her ears. So here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Welcome, Lauren, to Women of Grace in the Marketplace. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So now, Lauren, tell us a little bit about the background, uh, your your story. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so I am born and raised in Oklahoma and went to college here and I worked at a large Christian camp. Um, That's where I met my amazing husband. Um, And that's also where I really just got to know um, what it looks like to be a professional counselor and Yeah, that just really started my journey. So I'm very thankful for that time at camp and where that's led me now. And so um, I went and got my master's in marriage and family therapy. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I then worked at Wings of Hope here in Stillwater, which is our local domestic violence and sexual assault shelter. And so I worked there for about five years. And at that point, was ready for a a little bit of a change, knew I wanted to keep doing counseling um, and started diving into what it would look like to open a private practice. And so Stillwater Counseling Center opened in 2019. And I have been there ever since. All right. Wow. Wow. It's just like, it seems like it was a pretty cut and dried path for you. Is that correct? This is your first entrepreneurship experience, correct? Yeah. Well, other than selling candy bars, you know, for like the school fundraiser, which was pretty fun. And I did love that. Um, This is absolutely my first, my first time. And it's funny. I am not a big risk taker at all. Uh, My husband is definitely the out of the box thinker and, which I feel like has worked very well in this situation. And so um, my business partner and I'm, her name is Melissa. You'll hear me talk about her, but uh, she's, she's amazing and wonderful. Um, but I, I don't feel like we would have actually put the action steps forward if it weren't for our husband saying like, you guys can do this, like go for mm-hmm. it. Why not? And so I'm just very thankful for Miguel's role of just saying, why not? Like, let's just see what happens and let's just go. And we both just really felt like this was what God was calling us to do next. And um, here we are and are so thankful and grateful for this. So how, what was that aha moment when you were working in your previous job that, that kind of sparked that interest in going out on your own? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if there was actually like one moment. I think it was just kind of that dream just kept building. And as we talked, just like in our marriage of what we wanted our family to look like going forward, um, I, I just knew I didn't want the standard like eight to five, Monday through Friday. I wanted to be able to be home and we have a daughter now. And so just seeing how God worked all of that out is so neat. So we had been dreaming back like probably late 2017, early 2018 and 
just really felt like, okay, this is it. Like we are going to open our doors or not July, um, January of 2019. And all of the doors just stayed wide open and it just very much felt like the next thing and um, had a lot of conversations and a lot of prayer and just kept moving forward. And then I got pregnant um, that fall. And so I had my daughter in 2019. And so if I hadn't, then I would have, you know, been starting a, like a brand new business after having a baby, which was hard. And then now looking back, then COVID hit. And so there were just so many factors and so many things that I can look back on and say, God's goodness and God's grace was there. Um, just walking us through that and saying like, here's this dream and let's do this. Let's go for it. And then all these other steps have just made it where it's been, it's been there have been very challenging days, but it's also been uh, very good days. And so thankful that I can be home with her um, on the days I'm not at work. So how did you cultivate your gift of serving others through counseling uh, at Wings of Hope and knew that this was the direction God was leading you to? Yeah. I worked with some incredible people at Wings of Hope and watching them serve somebody in their darkest days will stay with me forever. And trauma work is really hard, obviously. Um, But I think that that has made me a better counselor now, like knowing what questions to ask and knowing what to look for um, based on my experience with, you know, severe trauma. Um, And, just sitting in the trenches with somebody when the worst of the worst has happened to them is very humbling, but it's also very meaningful and it can be a really beautiful story. Um, And so I think that has just helped kind of cultivate that as well. And um, kind of just keeps, keeps it at the forefront of our mind, I guess, of, of why we do what we do. Mm. So I hesitate to use this word balance because I think everyone has their opinion of whether there's such thing as balance or how you do balance yeah. uh, your career roles and your role as wife as mo- and mother as well. So, uh, but what do you do, uh, especially as an entrepreneur, where you know your your job could really take over if you let it? What are some of the things that you put into practice to make sure you have a place for everything in your life? Yeah, I think I could spend a whole episode talking about this. So <laughs> cut me off at any point that we need to, we need to stop talking about it. Um, I think a lot of it is reframing what that balance looks like. And it's not, it doesn't look like me doing all the things well every single day. Um, and it looks like not being afraid to ask for help, um, which can sometimes be really hard and doesn't always feel fun. Cause we want to feel like we can do it all, or at least I can. Um, so I think on days that I am working, then you know those are the days that I ask for more help. And um, on days where I'm home, uh, Melissa and I have this um, have it semi figured out where we really try to balance that when you're at home or when I'm at home, I'm at home, and I get to be um, the best mom and the wife and the friend and the daughter that I can be. And so it's not. Um, It's not about feeling like I have to do everything. And so that's really nice of like when I'm at home, there are days that I often don't really think about work. And then when I'm at work, it's all in. And I want to see as many clients as I can and get all of my work done that I can. That way, when I'm home, I'm present because, I mean, ultimately being a wife and a mom, those are like the biggest and best roles that God has called me to do. 
And so um, I want to be present and I want to have this balance of not making work more important than my husband and my daughter. Um, so I, the other thing that I tell myself often is babies don't keep. And so I have a little toddler at home and um, I know that in a few years she'll be in school and I'll have more, you know, quote unquote balance um, where maybe I could see some clients when she's at work, you know, I could see more clients and I could do more things. But at this point, I know I'm going to look back on these days and say that these were some of the best and that I miss it when, you know, she'd come running in while I'm working on Excel or whatever. And so um, it's just also just in that mindset of this is a season and seasons change. And so I'm going to be the best that I can be in this season. So, yeah. Wow. Let's, let's just say, I think you could write a book about that one, Lauren. (laughs) For sure. Well, thank you. I, it really takes Melissa and I both being very intentional about saying like, Hey, when you're and oftentimes when we text a work thing, cause we work opposite days. And so we'll text a work question and we'll say, Hey, no rush. Like I don't need an immediate answer. Um, do this when you have a second to kind of put on your work hat. And so she just took a maternity leave. We have, this is another really cool thing about our, our practice. We have not had a year where there haven't been multiple maternity leaves. Mm. Um, and I love that. I just think that's so cool because we have people there that value being at home and, um, we are often like, go be with your family. Your kid is sick. Don't even think about work today or I'll call your clients for you. And that we just have that a lot. And so she mm-hmm. took a maternity leave and um, she didn't think about work for a good two months. I mean, she was thinking about work, but she wasn't having to answer work questions. And she just said that that was one of the best gifts and I'm just very thankful for that. And my husband doesn't work a traditional Monday through Friday job either. And so on the days that we're off and at home together, she will tell me like, Hey, don't think about work today. If anyone asks questions, I'll, I'll handle it. You know, you go be with your family. So um, we have a good relationship and I'm very thankful for that. Sounds like, well, the people in your life have really played a big role in being able to have that balance and to have those cheerleaders and to be on the same page. What an, what a gift that is <laughs> to you as yes. a professional. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we need to wrap up this segment of Women of Grace in the Marketplace. We're at Laura Nahara, and she is a professional counselor in Oklahoma, talking about her experiences with breaking out on her own, opening her own counseling practice. And when we come back, we're going to find out how she knew to start a new venture and how she transitioned into entrepreneurship from her job at an organization called Wings of Hope, which was a crisis pregnancy center. So please stay tuned to Women of Grace in the Marketplace. Stay tuned. Women of Grace in the Marketplace will be right back on TalkErie.com. Welcome back to Women of Grace in the Marketplace, talking with professional counselor, Laura Nahara. Lauren, once again, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. How did you know it was your time to actually go out on your own? I mean, you had a good practice going at Wings of Hope and did fruitful work there. How did, how did you sense that God was leading you to 
have this kind of faith to step out on your own? Yeah, I think a lot of it was just that dream wasn't going away. So that idea of what my husband and I wanted our future family to look like wasn't going away. And again, the doors just kept opening. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can't explain it. I just, you know, we would have a question and we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we still ask so many questions and have so many people that we rely on um, to give us answers. And we're so grateful for those people. Um, But every question was answered. Everything worked out. Office space was available. um, And we had really authentic growth um, just a few months after we opened. And so we have continued to grow and we continue to add counselors. And so it's just so neat to see um, how God has blessed us. And um, our little small dream has turned into something like we would joke like, man, wouldn't it be so cool if we had our friends that, you know, got to work with us and we could have, you know, five counselors. And now we have eight counselors and an undergraduate intern. And they're like, we have nine. Like it's like almost doubled. Um, So that's, that's just so cool. Um, Yeah. And I think about my own childhood and I had a fabulous childhood and my mom was at everything and my dad was at everything. And so just thinking about, you know, when we have kids, like I want to be able to, to do that too and have that flexibility. And um, so, yeah, just, very grateful that I do have that flexibility and I can work my schedule around my husband, my husband's schedule, as well as, um, you know, what my daughter has going on in the future. So you mentioned earlier in the show that when you made the decision to go out on your own, that the doors stayed wide open. It seemed like it just, you know, worked out. Uh, can you share one of those stories of how the door just opened and you can't even explain how, <laughs> but it just uh, seemed like God just, just planted that opportunity. Yeah, I think a lot of it was having those conversations early on with Melissa um, of like, what do we want this to look like? And then saying, okay, well, we need to go home and we need to talk about this. We need to pray about this. And then coming back and neither of us had, I mean, we both had hesitation in in that, like, what are we doing? Uh, This feels like a big risk because we do have, you know, we have a great job already. We have um, a set salary and you're just, you're taking a risk by leaving that behind. Um, but then there was just that push to like do one more thing and do one more thing. And so I think it really felt when we found office space, we were like, Oh, this is it. Like we are really doing this when we're out looking at offices and dreaming about who can fill up these other offices. Um, and so at that point we're like, Oh, this is it. Like there's no looking back. Um, no looking back now. And then I still remember that feeling of when we got our first phone call and I scheduled my first client. <laughs> I was so excited. I went like, I was actually at my parents' house and the phone rang and I was like, I gotta go. And I like ran and shut all these doors. And I think I took the phone call in the closet because I needed to, you know, make sure that confidentiality was in all was just all secure and uh, just came running out. I scheduled someone <laughs> and everybody just started laughing and clapping. After, I think my dad was clapping, which is <laughs> just a funny memory. Um, so we still get excited when people call just for uh, that reminder of like, we're still, we still get to do this and we'll do this until God tells us not to. And we'll just be thankful the whole time. Now I would guess a lot of your uh, clients are referrals. Is that true? 
Yeah, a lot of people find us on Google, but then a lot of a lot of it now is word of mouth, which is the best referral. Whenever it's a former client who says, "Hey, you should go see my counselor who I saw or somebody else in that office," um, we get a lot of referrals from our churches. Um, it's neat because a lot of the counselors there, we all go to different churches. Um, there's a few that go to the same, but we represent several churches in our community. Um, so it's nice to be able to refer my church friends to my other counselors who I really trust and admire. Um, so, yeah. Wow. So obviously, so, I'll, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> okay, good thing. I was going to say, obviously, obviously, you're a good listener. How do you not want to fix all of their problems when they walk in the door? That would be my hardest problem, I think. Is sure. Just want to well, make it all good, you know. <laughs> Right, right. But if I tell my clients what to do and they take my advice and then it doesn't work out, then they blame me, right? Uh-huh, Instead yeah, of taking true. responsibility for their own actions. Yeah. So we do a lot of thinking about, you know, what would happen if you did this? What would happen if you did this? Um, because I don't want to get in the way. Like I don't want them to see me as the expert in their life, but more so just somebody who they can come in and talk about and we can talk about um, coping skills if they have anxiety and depression or a lot of other things and core beliefs and core values and past trauma and family relationships and maybe their marriage, maybe their relationship with their kids or why they, why they responded in the way that they responded kind of in that conflict cycle with their spouse. Um, so I never want them to think, well, Lauren told me to do this because they can't blame me if their life doesn't work out how they want it to because they made that decision, not me. That's a good point. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about with that is with domestic violence, so that was my background, um, the the statistic is one in – well, it's a woman will leave seven times before she leaves for good. That is a lot of leaving. Right. And so oftentimes when we hear of somebody saying like, you know, I I don't like the way that I'm being treated. Our first reaction, rightfully so, is go get out. I'll help you. Like, let's let's go. Let's get you out of that. But that's also the most lethal time for somebody to leave. And so I, in good faith, can't tell someone that they need to leave because that is the most lethal time. And so there needs to be safety plans in place and it's just a lot heavier. And so I think our society says, well, if I were in that situation, you know, then I would do X, Y, and Z. But you don't really know what you would do in that situation. And so True. there's a yeah. lot of grace for people when they come in and have really hard things that they're trying to figure out how to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell one more story about this? Absolutely. Sure. Yep. Okay. Um, so have you guys heard of um, if table? It's related to if gathering. I think no, I've, I haven't I've heard of it. I don't know a whole lot about it, but. Okay. Well, so the whole premise is um, it was like six women, four questions, one table. So it's just building community is basically what it was. And they had printed out questions for us. Um, and I had been meeting with these friends for a while. And um, I had had a really hard week with a client who it was just heartbreaking. And so Um, Just really felt like I kept thinking about her that week. And one of the questions that was asked of me or asked to me was, um, if God were sitting here with you today, what would he tell you? And it was just like God said to me in that moment of, I was there with your client. 
Like your client had the worst of the worst happen to her and I was there. You were not. You, Lauren, mm-hmm. now have this ability to be there with her in a very small aspect uh, throughout her week, right? Um, I, I got to see her one hour of her whole week. And God said, but I am there that that whole week. I am there in the trauma and I am there in the healing as well. And that has really stuck with me and been transformative for me and how I think about my clients and how I think about um, what it looks like for us to heal. Um, so, yeah, that's often something when I feel like I'm you know, thinking that I know better for my clients. Um, that's something I keep in mind. Amazing. Powerful, for sure. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Laura Nahara. She's a professional counselor. And when we come back, we'll talk about Lauren's faith and that how that works into her career. So stay tuned to Women of Grace in the Marketplace. Welcome back to Women of Grace in the Marketplace. We're here with our delightful guests, Lauren Nahara and Lori Clapper. And she's telling us all about professional counseling world, which is, you know, something I've been fairly curious about in my own life. I think I need to book a session with Lauren right now. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome again, Lauren. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your story so far. Yeah, it's been so fun to talk with you both. How does your faith enter into your everyday conversations? Do people know they're coming to a Christian counseling service? Yeah, so we talk about faith if our clients want to talk about it. So I'm never going to force them to talk about um, faith or God if they don't want to. Um, But it is nice. Um, We have a lot of clients who do want to. Um, And I also just think, you know, it, I can't take my faith away in, in the counseling room. And so um, I feel like I am still able to just have God's presence there. And I feel like um, he still kind of guides those conversations. And um, yeah, so I think when clients do want to talk about it, that is great. And we're able to talk about a lot of counseling things from a biblical perspective. Um, there's you know different techniques, like one's called the thought stopping technique. Um, and I feel like that correlates with that verse of taking every thought captive um, in Second Corinthians and just making it obedient to Christ is the, the rest of that verse. And mm. that can be so important, whether you're a Christian or not, to just be mindful of, of the thoughts that are coming in. And and it's not necessarily like that, that those are bad, but it's what we do with those where um, some of that change can come in for a client. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing is the idea of rest and our society and culture is very much glorifying being busy. And so just being able to talk with clients, Christians or non-Christians about rest and what that looks like to take a break and um, really just not focus every ounce of our time on work uh, Mm. can be really impactful as well. So Mm. God talks about rest very early on in the Bible. Yes. So he, he thought that was very important. So 
Do you ever offer to pray for your clients if you feel, feel led? Are they open to that if you do offer? Yeah, I, it isn't often that we do, but there have definitely been sessions where um, that comes up at the end um, or just kind of a good way to wrap up our conversation. Um, and most clients, I mean, obviously I'm going to offer that to somebody who I know has a similar faith, but um, every client has been receptive of that, which is really cool. How do you handle those clients, and this may be too personal of a question, that come in and start speaking negatively about God? How does that play out? Yeah, it's a good question, too. I think a lot of that is reframing that in a sense of saying, like for me, thinking about obviously they have been hurt by maybe someone in the church or the church in general. And so just being really careful and I mean, clients know, like if they read my bio on my website, they know that I go to church, they know that I'm a Christian. So that is an opportunity for me to be able to be kind and to show them that um, not all Christians, you know, are the ones that hurt them and um, trying to be different and trying to offer a safe space to talk about that and to work through some of that. Um, I feel like those conversations can be really healing as well. Mm-hmm. That's nice. good. That's good. So in a way, you're more like you enter a pastoral role there with that type of situation where a lot of anger issues and some of that anger is directed towards God. I feel like with that, I would if they had biblical questions, I would refer them to somebody who could be um, a pastor role for them. And so my role, which I mean, I think a pastor can be very empathetic and um, can help them process some of that hurt and some of that anger. But I don't take on a, I'm going to defend Christianity until mm-hmm. you see it my way. Does I that make see. sense? Yeah. Um, just trying to just hold space for that anger. And anger is really kind of the tip of the iceberg. And so yeah. when we look at anger, anger is an easy emotion to go to. But really, mm-hmm. what is that underneath? It's hurt. It's sadness. It's fear. It's embarrassment. Um, and so which one of those are fueling that anger? And so when we can get to the root of it, then we can say, you know, you were really hurt by that mm-hmm. person and they did you wrong. Let's talk about what that looks like um, and what that felt like for you and, and moving past um, some of that trauma. And another thing I hear you saying is it's okay to ask for help resolving these issues. I mean, absolutely. People are hurt every day, but often we take that in as our burden to carry and no one would understand that. And you're saying, no, it's okay to talk about it. Let's get it out in the open and expose it to the light. Yeah, absolutely. Especially from the spiritual perspective, that can feel very, very heavy. And Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's just like my experience at Wings of Hope. That was physical abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, but you add in spiritual abuse. And I mean, that impacts your soul. Yeah. And um, that is very heavy. So holding that space can be really helpful for clients to work through some of that and to separate, okay, what have I been told versus what I'm now learning to be the truth? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so great. So, so helpful and healing, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So have you found your journey with entrepreneurship and uh, going out on your own and your own uh, practice to be a direct path or where has God led you? Was it kind of going to point A to Z, back to B? How did how did that all work out for you as you uh, uh, prayed about and, and decided to right. take that journey? Yeah, I was thinking about that point A to then we went to S and then back to D because it it hasn't at all just been a straight shot. Um, but it's been cool to look back and just see how God's moved and worked. And, and we have had like I said, so many people that have come around us to answer questions. And I think that's another way to be encouraging is to encourage business owners to step out and to say, I want to help those who are in the same field as me. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, another practice in town who she could have very much seen us as competition, um, but she sat down and she still answers questions for us to this day. Mm-hmm. And she just said, I want more counselors in our town. We have a huge need for more counselors. And she was like, I'm willing to do what it takes to help y'all. And I love that because she, again, like she could have looked at us and said like, Meh, find your answer somewhere else. But she came alongside us and kind of took us under her wing. And so I'm excited for the day when people come to us and say, Hey, I have a question about starting a business because I am more than happy to answer and kind of give back in that way. Um, but yeah, I, I think, too, it's just kind of reminding ourselves that God doesn't owe us anything, right? He doesn't owe us a successful business um, or growth or all the clients we could ever imagine. I think it's taking one little action step, and that's what we've been called to do. And so we've been called to do good work, and that's what we're going to do. And so, um, like, we're going to work until he calls us to not work at Stillwater Counseling Center. And... We're going to be joyful about it. And when our phone rings, we're still going to get excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I think in my personal life, my husband ran for Senate and we did not get the result that we wanted to. Um, but I think I learned more from that journey than I would have by not getting the result that we wanted than if we had gotten the result that we did. Because I learned in that in in that moment throughout that journey that um, God didn't owe us a win um, or what we thought was a win. I feel like we still won um, by what we gained from that experience. But I look back on that and think we both very much felt called for his name to be on that ballot um, and what that looked like for our family and campaigning. Um, and I thought like, well, for sure, like if God's called us to this then he's going to win and this is what our life is going to look like. And boy, was I wrong. Um that's a whole other episode we could talk about, I think. Um, <laughs> but from that, just learned so much. And so um, have taken that and applied some of what I've learned there with opening this business. So it's funny. So you don't, you don't see that as a failure. You see that as just another stepping stone of where God is taking you. Yeah, nice. absolutely. We, yeah. And like what we gain from that and just seeing like we, gained so many friends from that experience. And some of our best friends to this day came from around that time. And um, yeah, it's just so cool to look back and say, like, yeah, it's still, you know, it was really hard and it was very sad. And we had to kind of go back to the drawing board for what life we thought life was going to look like. And I mean, as much as we can plan, you know, Um, 
But looking back, I'm like, man, I would, I would do that all again and get, and have the same result just to know what we know now. Mm. Nice. nice. Uh, so I was thinking back to what you said just a minute ago about how that other counselor in your town said, hey, we need more counselors. My first thought was like, well, that's kind of sad that there's so much need out there and people going through yeah. so much. But in the same right, it's I guess that's a good thing because people are knowing and recognizing that they need to reach out for help and that ultimately could change their lives, right? Yes. And that was before COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, we opened yes. a year before COVID hit. And now, I mean, we were busy then and all of us have wait lists now um, just with the need from, from COVID, the, the need from anxiety, the need from social anxiety, um, from depression, from people being, you know, in unsafe situations while they were home and in quarantine. Um, there's mm. like, there's so much from that. And we talk often about how we'll be seeing the effects of COVID for the rest of our careers. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a big need that not only in our town, but in our state um, and in, in the United States and abroad, I'm sure mm -hmm. um, we need more counselors. So if anyone that is listening is looking for a field <laughs> and they have a heart for serving others, look into counseling, yeah. um, find a good program to go through and, and start helping. Is that how you would encourage someone to start out their dream is uh, just how, how, well, let's rephrase. How would you encourage someone that's just starting out? Like take us back to square one and, and what was so encouraging for you to start out? Cause that felt, had to have felt big at the, at the time. Like, is this ever going to happen? You know? And so how would you encourage someone? Yeah. So are you asking from the business perspective or the counseling perspective? Both. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, that is good. I'm thinking from the counseling perspective, it really just, I felt like it landed in my lap. Um, when I worked at camp, I had some situations that I was a part of where I got to sit in on some, have some crisis counseling and realized, wow, this is, this is really neat. Um, this lady is, coming in here and she's sitting with this counselor for an hour and she's just met her and they're having some really deep, good conversations. Um, I went to counseling myself in college and really found that beneficial um, as well. So if anyone is curious about counseling, I, I will say you don't have to necessarily sign up for two years. Um, you can say, I want to come for six sessions and then see where I'm at there. So it doesn't have to feel like this lifelong commitment um, just, just try it out. If you're curious or if you have something that you feel like you can't quit thinking about, or your friends are tired of hearing of, <laughs> that might be a good sign to get into some counseling. Um, and then as far as the, the business goes, I think that too, just kind of fell in my lap. It just worked out that Melissa was also kind of having those same thoughts and conversations in her own life. And, um, I think in grad school as well, when, you know, our professors would ask us, like, what do you want to do in five years or 10 years? I think that was always in the back of my mind. Um, and I had a professor in college who I don't know why he said this and I will never forget, but he came up to me and he, cause I didn't go to school in the same town that I lived in. And, um, he just said, you are going to have 
a big private practice someday and you're going to do great things. And I was like, hush, like you are just making stuff up because I just felt so insecure and, and maybe not insecure, but just had low confidence, right? Of like, I don't, a business owner that just feels so big. Being a counselor felt so big at the time. Um, and he spoke that encouragement over me and I look back now and I just think like, wow, I think he knew something that I didn't at that time, or he just saw maybe a passion that I didn't see. Um, so I'm very great, very grateful for that uh, comment that has just kind of been at the back of my mind and grateful for, for him and everything that he taught me as well. Nice. Nice. So nice. You know, and that's the thing we have to, we can determine our steps, but the Lord, he determines our, our path, you know, and that's, that's Proverbs 16, 9. So we, we have to consult with the Lord, you know, because he's got it all planned out. When our plans align with his, then things start falling into our laps. And, and, um, and you just gotta, you gotta have the faith to do that. You just, and those action steps, right? I mean, he could put this dream in there, but if we don't do anything about it, then, what are we doing to help? Right. And, and that's not saying that it's all on us. Um, very much think that he has guided every step of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also Melissa and I putting one step in front of the other and saying, okay, we are going to yeah. make that phone call or ask this question or, you know, file these business taxes. And we're going to do those things. That way we can continue to do what God's called us to do. Mm. So good. Yeah, thank you so much, Lauren. And when we come back here on Women of Grace in the Marketplace, Janelle, you and I get to share our takeaways from the show. Where do we even start? So we'll need a minute just to think about it. So please don't go away. Stay tuned right here to Women of Grace in the Marketplace. Welcome back to Women of Grace in the Marketplace. I'm Janelle Keith alongside Lori Clapper, and our guest today is Lauren Nahara. Now, Lauren, we, we can't have our uh, podcast without asking this question. What's your go-to verse in times of uncertainty and times of and when you need peace and all those things? What is that verse that you go to? Yeah, I think often about... Um, In Hebrews 6, I think verse 19, where it says uh, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, um, firm and secure. And I just love the rest of of that verse, too. But that even just that we have this hope as an anchor for my soul, like I have I have hope and I have everything I need with Jesus. And when sessions feel really hard or I want to take work home, um, I'm reminded of where my hope comes from and I'm reminded again of what I shared earlier from that, that question of, you know, if God were sitting here next to me, what would he say to me Um, of like, God is there. He is there with our clients and my friends and my family. And I don't have to do it all. And he doesn't expect me to take on the weight of the world. Um, He already did that. And, Mm -hmm. um, I just get to use my gifts to make 
a, like a smidgen of a difference. And it's yeah. not even, it's not even me in that moment either. Like those gifts are God given. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a, a good perspective on days when it feels really hard and really challenging. Um, nice. And we also think of, um, we, we talk about in the office a lot too, of like his mercies are new every morning and everything that comes with his mercies are also new. Um, so those two verses are kind of floating in when I need them to. Excellent. That's great encouragement. Okay. Well, this is the part of the show where we have our takeaways, Lori, and it's it never ceases to amaze me that I can't just single it out to just one. It, there's always multiple takeaways. <laughs> I know, I know. Such good stuff here on Women of Grace in the Marketplace. And Danelle, why don't you start then? What was your one takeaway? <laughs> Perhaps the most outstanding thing about this today's conversation to me is the faith that Lauren had, that she knew something uh, greater was out there and she didn't hold back in going for it. And, you know, they did it all. They sought God's word. They prayed about it. They, you know, waited on God to open those right doors. And when the right doors opened, they were ready to step through by obedience. And that's always a huge thing to me when you see someone that is gifted and God calls you out and they're faithful to go through that door and see what God has for them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because that's it's a scary step to go out on your own. It is. Uh, Lauren, mm-hmm. you did mention that because you had a good job and a good salary and, and mm-hmm. liked what you're doing overall. Uh, you're continuing kind of that same, you know, counseling career. But uh, whatever it is that you want to step out on your own, it's always scary to take that first step. Definitely. And Absolutely. I think my uh, takeaway, I think just because of my own struggles in the past with uh, bringing work home way too much. And bringing the emotion and bringing the frustrations home. And, and not that any of us are perfect at it, you know, Lauren, just uh, how you've learned to uh, to not do that. And that you do have a support system that to make sure that when you're home, you're home and you're fully present. When you're at work, you're at work and you're fully present. And uh, not that there aren't little interruptions there during the day, but uh, just the way that you have learned and, and grown in that uh, through your career to to really be intentional and, and focused on that, to make the most of, of the season that you're in. So that that was an encouragement to me, for sure. Well, good. Thank you. Well, we've been talking to Laura Nahara. She's a professional counselor in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And Lauren, if someone is hearing this show and would like to know more about your practice, where can they find out about it? Yeah, we have a website and, and it's stillwatercounselingcenter.com um, and they can find our number on there. They can email us if they just have general questions. Um, yeah, I'm happy to happy to help them find a counselor, even if it's not at our practice. Um, sometimes a good fit is found somewhere else um, and that's totally fine and okay. So um, I would say just if you are wondering about counseling or, you know, feeling the need to seek that out, go for it. Um and there's a lot of tools and resources in place that people don't know about. So happy to help how I can. All right. So thank you again for being here, Lauren. Thank you for listening to Women of Grace in the Marketplace. Wherever you're listening on Spotify, on Google, perhaps on TalkEerie.com. Thank you so much. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at womenofgraceinthemarketplace at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. And we'll see you next time. 
catch all the Women of Grace in the Marketplace podcasts anywhere at any time on wovenbooks.com.